Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. wanted to launch our session on the first Sunday of the year in sharing with you our theme for 2023. And I believe from here on, whether it's a Bible study we're doing, whether it's testimonies we are receiving throughout the year, whether it's teaching or preaching, we will focus and center our attention on this very theme. The reason I say that is because after prayerful consideration and waiting on the Lord for direction and understanding of his heart for our ministry on the web in a way that he, what he desires for us to, to have as a goal, if I would say that, as a focus, as a central theme, he led me to several scriptures which I will be sharing with you uh, at this moment. If you like, you can jot them down and study them in your own time, or if you want my notes, I will gladly send them to you. But I truly believe that these portions of scripture, which I'll be sharing with you, serve as our focus, as our central theme and direction for the year ahead. We thank God for the year that was passed. We've had some challenges and some severe crisis in our members, but the Lord has brought us to the place where we are today. And I firmly believe what I'll be sharing with you, it's God's desire for us that we pursue what he considers as most important and valuable in his sight. So often we come to God with our petitions, what we want, what we desire, what our goals are, and resolutions, and so on and so forth. But the Spirit of the Lord prompted me to consider this. What about God? What does he desire from us? What does he want from us? What is his heart yearning for? for his church as we enter into this new season. And so I'm gonna be sharing with you God's heart and God's desire today. That is why I send out a message and I've encouraged folk to log on today. And for one reason or another, if they were not able to, to go to the message and listen and study it in their own time. Here we go. The first verse of scripture that I'll be sharing is found in Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 and 24, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. This is the Lord speaking, and he says through the mouth of Jeremiah, thus says the Lord, let not the wise men glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty men glory in his might, nor let the rich men glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment, 
and righteousness in the earth, for in these I delight, says the Lord. The second one is found in Hosea chapter 6, and I'm going to be reading verse 3 and verse 6. Let us know, let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning, and he will come to us like the rain, like the letter and former rain to the earth. For I desire mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. And finally, one from the New Testament, recorded in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 through to 10. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Philippi, and he says, But what things were gained to me, these I have counted as loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. You will see a theme running through all of the verses that I read to you. And the theme is this, the knowledge and the understanding of the Lord Jesus Christ, of who he really is. So this is our theme for 2023. And when we share testimonies throughout the year, thank God for the healing that he gives us, for the blessing that he gives us, whether it's financial, whether it's protection, we thank God for that. But I want to hear testimonies from you that will tell us something new that the Lord has shown you about his attributes, about his nature, about his love, about his character. You see, <clears throat> pursuing a dimension of knowledge and understanding of the Lord and his ways, which we never had before. I believe there's a dimension God wants to lead us into. And that is a greater dimension, a greater depth of knowing him intimately and understanding him and his nature as a person, who he really is in all of his splendor, in all of his glory, in all of his might. The Apostle Paul considered this so valuable that according to his testimony, he suffered, he said, the loss of all things in order to gain this knowledge. This excellent knowledge of Christ Paul speaks of, I believe, ought to be the primary pursuit of every believer in Jesus Christ, far above anything else. This, I believe, is God's earnest desire for his people that we may know him. 
and accurately representing in the world that we live in. Today, I'm going to share how important this revelation knowledge is. And next Sunday, Pastor Frank will teach us how to attain this greater dimension of the knowledge of God. You see, there is something that God requires from us in order for him to reveal himself to us in a dimension we have never known him before. And that's why it's so important these two Sundays, today and next Sunday, to listen carefully, not just with our physical ears, but with the ears of our spirit, and to hear things deep down in our hearts and digest them and pursue them with all of our hearts. That is if we're really sincerely honest and serious about our relationship with the Lord. To know Christ in a more intimate way and to understand him in the dimension we never understood him before ought to be our primary pursuit, focus, and central theme in our lives. That's why I believe the Lord led me through all of these scriptures and brought them to the forefront of my mind to show me what is really important to him. Now, this is what I'll be praying for you throughout the year. This is my desire. This is my prayer for everyone in our spiritual family. What is that desire? to know the Lord Jesus in the power of his resurrection and to share in the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. There is also a measure of suffering. And I'm not talking about suffering through sickness and disease or through lack or through the curse. I'm talking about suffering for Christ's sake. I'm talking about suffering for standing for what is right for being firm in your commitment and in your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul says, all who will live for Christ will suffer persecution in this world. And there are times when you need to stand for righteousness sake. Blessed are you when they revile you, when they persecute you for righteousness sake. And that's the kind of suffering that we're talking about. Such knowledge, I believe, is worth much more, much more, worth far more than all we have or will ever possess in this world. Having such depth of understanding, listen carefully, will change everything in our short span of life on this earth. What do I mean by that? Our approach to life will be radically different. Our worship of God will be radically different. Our thinking, our doing will be different. Our values will change and will agree or align themselves with the values of God's kingdom. Our relationship with the Lord will no longer be based, listen carefully, on what he does for us but rather on who he is. This is so important. It's another level of intimacy. It's another level of relationship. That we will no longer approach the Lord on the basis of need, on the basis of want, 
but rather on the basis of desiring to be with him and gaze upon the beauty of his attributes because we love him. We love him because he first loved us, not because of what he does only, but because of who he is, our creator, our redeemer, the one who is highly lifted far above all. Such knowledge, I believe, will elevate our love for God to dimensions we never experienced before. And let me say this, the more you know God intimately, the more you love him. You cannot help but love him. He is such a lovable person. When you gaze upon his goodness, his mercy, his grace, his patience, his loving kindness, you cannot but fall in love with him. And that is where God wants to take us, to find pleasure in him and him alone, to find our delight, not in our successes, not in our possessions, not in our relationships, not even in our spouse or our children, but to find our delight in him and him alone. That is God's desire. And this is the way I want to know and love the Lord. This, I believe, is something that very few possess, if any. And yet, this is the dimension that the Lord desires for all of us to enter into. You see, when you have such an experience, a continual experience of gazing upon the beauty of the Lord. It leaves you in a perpetual wonder and amazement of his splendor, of his glory, that no matter where we are and no matter what we are going through, we are totally content, satisfied and fulfilled. And that's what the Apostle Paul experienced. He said, I have learned to be content in whatever state I find myself in. When I'm hungry and when I'm full. When I'm rich and when I'm poor. When I'm going through persecution, I am content. I delight not in my circumstances. I delight in the Lord. You see, the Lord says in Psalm 37 verse 4, Delight thyself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. When we delight ourselves in him and him alone, everything else is given to us. Everything that we may desire or want is added to us. His presence permeates every fiber of our being as we are being taken up with his glorious person and the beauty of his holiness. We become the fulfillment and the reflection of David's prayer when he prayed in the book of Psalms 27 and verse 4. Listen to the cry of David's heart. He caught something of God's heart and he wouldn't let go. He said, one thing I have asked of the Lord, I've desired of the Lord, another translation says, that will I seek. Not many things. One, one thing, not career, no, not, not family, nothing else, not possessions. This one thing I have desired, this one thing I have asked of the Lord, this one thing I will seek to inquire of and that I may dwell 
in the presence of the Lord all the days of my life to do what? To behold and to gaze upon the beauty, the sweet attractiveness and the delightful loveliness of the Lord and to meditate, consider and inquire in his temple. I've read that from the Amplified Translation. The one thing he desired, the one thing he sought after. Are you still with me? One thing. What are we desiring? What are we hungry for? What do we really desire in life? What is the most valuable and, and, and important thing to you? Consider that. Anything else above that is an idol. And I firmly believe that this year the Lord is going to bring down many idols in our lives. Crutches. Things that we depend on. Things that we rely on. Things that we derive peace from or fulfillment or happiness. God is going to bring it down if we will allow him to. The question we need to ask ourselves is what are we prepared to lose or sacrifice for such a depth of intimacy with the Lord? What are we prepared to give up for such a dimension of knowledge? Now this, Pastor Frank will in detail explain it next Sunday. He preached that message in our local church this morning. And I'll tell you this. I've been in the ministry longer than 40 years. I have never, ever heard such revelation that came out of Pastor Frank's mouth today. I was, I was so taken up, I couldn't help taking notes, notes, notes of what he was sharing. It was full of life. It was full of light. And that is why when he finished, I said, Pastor Frank, next week you're going to bring the continuation of my message. So don't miss next week, please. To know the Lord in such a way where we reach a place in God where nothing bothers and nothing troubles us because we are so immersed in his loving presence. Nothing moves us. We're so secure in his love, so secure in his presence, so secure in his grace and mercy that no matter what goes on, no matter what challenge we face, no matter what crisis we face, we are unmoved. That's why Paul said when they prophesied to him that when you go to Jerusalem, they're going to bind you up and they're going to deliver you to the to the Sanhedrin and, 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 and all of the things that would happen to him. You know what he said? None of these things move me. Neither do I count my life dear to myself, but that I may finish my race with joy. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus Christ to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Nothing moved that apostle. He went through so much. He was so in his presence that he said, I have learned to be content. Therefore, he said, I am thankful for persecutions, for necessities, for afflictions, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Wow. 
What a blessed revelation. What a man. What an understanding he had of the Lord. And that's where God wants to take each and every one of us. That we are so taken up with the beauty and the attraction of who he really is. In God's kingdom, we are constantly called to lose in order to gain something far more valuable than what we have. Jesus said, if you lose your life for my sake and the gospel, you will find it again. But you're not going to find it the way you gave it up. You're going to find the abundant life. Whatever you give to the Lord, he takes it, he multiplies it, and he sends it back to you. He asked for Peter's boat so that he could fish. And he borrowed it for a few hours. And what did he get in return? <laughs> a boat full of fish that almost sank. God is no debtor to any man, folks. Jesus said, if you lose your life, you will find it. The culture of this present world, listen carefully, is all about gain. It's all about obtaining things, gathering wealth, possessions, positions, and prestige. That is the culture of this present world. But remember, we are not of this world. We are, we are in it, but we're not of it. In contrast to this world's culture, we are summoned by the Lord to lose all we have, including our own lives, in order to gain something far greater than anything the world has to offer. And that is the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus our Lord. To know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Jesus summed up everything in Luke's Gospel chapter 14 when he said in verse 33, so then, any of you who does not forsake, renounce, surrender, claim to, give up, say goodbye to all that he has, cannot be my disciple. You see, these are the foundations that Jesus laid for any disciple. If we're not prepared to lose all when we are called upon, then we cannot reach or attain to the level of knowledge and understanding the Lord would have us to have. The price we pay, folks, for such knowledge, such an experience, cannot be compared with the rewards we receive. The psalmist said in Psalm 16, verse 11, In your presence, Lord, there is fullness of joy, and there are pleasures forevermore at your right hand. Pleasures that this world knows nothing about, nor the carnal Christian knows anything about. And I wait, after I received this revelation from the Lord, I pondered, I thought back. And I weighed the depth of knowledge I have at present of the Lord. And I thought of what it cost me and what I gave up in order to attain this knowledge. And you know what my thoughts were? I would gladly do it all over again and more. Thank God for the knowledge, the level of knowledge that I have so far. But yet, I find myself at a place where my heart cries out for more of God. 
I'm not satisfied with the knowledge and the depth of understanding I possess of my Lord. I cry out for a greater dimension of knowledge, a greater dimension of understanding him and his ways, and I cannot but keep wondering, what will that kind of prayer cost me as we embark on this journey? Scripture, though, is very clear on this subject. The Lord Jesus will reveal himself only to those who obey his word. And let this sink, my brother, my sister, deep down into our subconscious mind. If we truly desire to know the Lord in a greater dimension than we have known him, it will require a greater level of obedience from us. Those, listen to what Jesus said in John 14, 21. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to each one of them. I pray that we will not hesitate to pay any cost or any price that is required of us in order to attain to such a level of intimacy with the Lord. But here is a word of caution. The scriptures are very clear that those who share no intimacy with the Lord will not be welcomed into his presence, but will hear the fearful and devastating words from the lips of Jesus himself. In Matthew 7:23, Jesus uttered these words to those who claim to know him and do great things in his name. I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Prophesying in Jesus' name, casting out demons, doing many wonders in his name is no proof that he knows us. In fact, the question we need to be asking is not whether we know the Lord, but does the Lord know me? Does the Lord know us? Remember the demon said to the sons of Sceva who tried to cast him out, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? Does the Lord know us? Are we known in hell, not just in heaven? These folk who professed to know the Lord did many wonderful things in the name of the Lord. Many people were helped. Many were saved. Many were delivered through the ministry, but they lived a double life, one in public and another in private. How often have we seen men of God who had such ministry, such anointing, such teaching, thousands of people were blessed through the ministry, and then it came out that these folk were living a double life. They were messing around in adultery, in fornication, in sexual acts. So doing these things in the Lord's name, there's no proof that the Lord knows us. The foundation of God is sure and steadfast, Paul says. What is that foundation? The Lord knows those who are his. Jesus said, that they practiced lawlessness. Now, the Greek word for lawlessness is anomia. Anomia means a person without law, 
without restraint or one who breaks the law. In other words, they lived a lifestyle that was contrary to the teachings of Christ. They practiced lawlessness. They didn't just fall into sin. Now they practiced, this was a lifestyle, being the enemies of the cross of Christ, serving their own interests rather than loving and serving God. And Paul the Apostle warns us about such people in his epistle to the Philippians. Philippians chapter 3, verse 17 through 19, talks about such people. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine, he says, and learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. Their God is the appetite, they brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. To what I asked the Lord, Lord, help me to explain, because this verse of Scripture troubled me for a long, long time. And so I've asked the Lord to give me a simple explanation how to explain these people what are these people like to what can we liken them to whom can we compare them so that we can understand why jesus said such words to them and here is an example these folk are like a woman who marries not for love but for gain in other words she marries a wealthy and a very powerful man only for his money his influence and his position, and not because she loves him. She does not respect him. She does not honor him. She does not love him, nor does she care what he wants or what he desires. All she's after is influence, his position, and his wealth. They sleep in two separate bedrooms, and they share no intimacy together. How would you like to be married to someone like that? <laughs> that all he wants from you is your money, your influence, your position. Doesn't care about you. Never asks about you. How are you doing? And this is something to consider for every one of us. How do we relate to God? Do we relate to him on the basis of what he does, how he blesses us? Or do we relate to him because of who he is? Now you can understand why the Lord said to them, I do not know you. I have no intimacy with you. Depart from me. You are workers of lawlessness. And Paul said that in his day, there were many such people in his day. But I submit to you that there are many nowadays who also seek the Lord for gain and not because they truly love God and they desire to be with him. They have a form of godliness, the word says, but they deny its power to change their lives. In closing, folks, I want to share with you truth that will change your life, that will bring you to another level of intimacy with God. After all, why does this ministry exist? Why are we here? 
I'll explain later. In closing, I want you to notice that in almost every apostolic prayer Paul prays for the churches he writes to, he asks only for three things. You read in Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 3, Philippians uh, and uh, Colossians chapter 1. He asks for wisdom, knowledge of the Lord, and spiritual understanding. He's not, he, he does not ask for anything else. Why? Because he knows once we possess these three things, we will have everything else. We won't need anything else because these things serve as a magnet to attract all of the benefits, the blessings, the promises, and the fulfillment of the promises that God has given us. And finally, I want to close today's teaching with one more scripture from Jeremiah chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, <clears throat> and explain to you why does this ministry exist? Why are we here? Why is the ministry team here? This is the reason. The Lord says in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, Return, O backsliding children, says the Lord, for I'm married to you. I will take you, one from the city and two from the family, and bring you to Zion. Now listen to this. And I will give you shepherds, according to my heart, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. God promised that when his people return to him, he's going to give them the most precious gift he has. And what is that? To give you a shepherd that cares for your soul to such an extent that will feed you, feed you with knowledge and understanding feed you with knowledge and understanding. can you see god's heart and desire for us i pray you will god's heart is for you and i to be fed not with hype not with emotionalism not with false teaching not with half truths watered down gospel but to feed you with knowledge and understanding of God's ways in his kingdom. And so our theme for 2023 will be centered around this. Whatever we do, whether it's Bible study, whether it's teaching or preaching, will have the thread within it. What's the end result? What's the purpose of why are we doing what are we doing? So that we may draw near to God and enter a dimension of knowledge and understanding we never had experienced before. That we may see him as he truly is. That we may love him not just because of what he does. Thank God for what he does. Thank God for what he did. But let us go one step higher to love him because he first loved us. To love him because of who he is. And also something to consider is this. How do we relate to other people? Do we relate to them on the basis of what they can do for us? 
but on the basis of who they are. Do we respect and honor them as persons, individuals, unique in the sight of God, created in the image and in the likeness of God, whether they rich or whether they poor, whether they do good to us or not? How do we relate to them? These are things that we need to ponder and consider carefully because these are valuable lessons. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.